Hey everybody, it's me. It's Lenora from It's a New Dawn. How is everybody doing? It is Sunday and it's actually a really nice cool day today in New Jersey. So I like it. It's October. October, I don't even know. What is it? October 23rd? 24th? I don't even know, but you know, it is what it is. But um, nice fall day here. I am sitting down today with a gentleman named Daniel Levine. And a little bit about him, uh, Levine walked away from an opportunity to run a billion-dollar business to hitchhike around the world to find happiness and inner peace. He studied in a seminary five years and left one day before becoming a rabbi. And he has lived as a monk in a monastery for 10 years. As director of business development, he grew Hay House from $3 million a year in sales to $100 million a year in revenue. Levine is a rare blend of businessman and mystic who sees what others do not see. It has been this one quality more than any other that has thrown him into some of the most exclusive boardrooms to help companies innovate new ways of finding solutions when the old ways stop working. He is the author of The Mosaic, a life-changing fable that invites people to listen to those others do not hear and to see the situations in their life differently. And I, I know he has his own website and everything, and I'm going to put that in the show notes. Um, I have not gotten the book, but I'm waiting for it to come out on um, audio because as much as I love reading books, I know that I'm not going to be able to get to it because I've got a pile of books, but I do listen to books. So I can't wait for that to come out. So I'm really, really exciting, excited to hear all about you. Uh, I was so excited uh, for this whole sit down with you. So Daniel, take it away. Hey, Lenora, how are you? <clears throat> I'm okay. I'm okay. We had a nice conversation prior to this about a few weeks ago, and it was just nice to get to know you. And I want to thank you for having me here on your show. Um, You're welcome. Thank you. It, it is. It's really nice to just meet people along the way who you didn't even know existed 10 minutes ago and have a conversation with them and to feel something from them. And so in this world that we live in, where everybody is yelling and screaming at each other, Part of what I try and do in the conversations that I have, and I'm just saying it now for people who are listening here, is I definitely want to occupy your mind with some interesting things that I'm going to say. Hopefully, I'll, I'll, the way I see things will be a little bit different than the way you might see things. And I want you to enjoy, I want your mind to enjoy that possibility of getting engaged with someone who sees the world a little bit differently but I'm going to share a secret with you. That isn't really what I do. What I really do is once your mind is engaged, what I try very much to do is touch your heart and your soul. And what the mind does, the mind is the thing that gets in the way of all that because it gets nervous. It gets scared. It gets fearful. It doesn't know what's going on. But when you have the ability to occupy the mind through a good conversation and the mind gets engaged in what somebody else is saying, Take the opportunity, everybody, to just connect with another person's heart and soul, to just listen. As you're speaking, listen to what that person needs and try and fill them through the vibrations of your heart and soul with the vibrations that they need. So it's not in the words that I say as much as in the vibration that you might feel as you listen to it. And you might not feel anything, and that's fine, too. Um, mm. But that's, that's the goal of, where, of how I try and interact with people because um, I don't think words transform anybody anymore. I don't think it's the words we say that matter that much. People walk away, if people walk away feeling something, then they walk away wondering, I wonder how I felt that. I mean, here's somebody from thousands of miles away. You're in New mm -hmm. Jersey and I'm in San Diego and how is it possible that we can have a conversation that you so kindly spoke to me about the last one that we had that moved you so much. No, oh, God, it did. It was like, <laughs> it was so moving, so moving. That's why I was so excited to sit down with you again today, because I knew that 
exactly what you said. I was really in an upheaval before I sat down with Daniel today. And uh, I knew that you were going to uh, bring me down to this comfort level that I feel right now. So. Yeah, and it doesn't take that long. I mean, you came in a little nervous and anxious and then we just sit together and it's not anything hocus pocus or it's just, look, there's so many ways that you can in, exist in the world. Most people walk into the world and they experience the world and they get, they get, um, they decide how they're going to feel based on the, what the world has put into them. But there's another way to walk into the world and that's to walk into the world and decide how the world will feel around you. Someone wrote a post on Facebook and they said, do you believe that you are the sum of the five pe people that you hang out with the most? And everybody said, yes, 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 yes. I said, absolutely not. I mean, why would you, why would you allow those people to influence you in a way that you don't want, you may or may not want to be influenced? What, what I would, what I choose to do rather than that is to bring the energy of what I have to every, every space that I'm in. And so that if five people can influence me, then I can influence five people also, not by changing their mind or manipulating them or, or getting them to do something that they, won't, they don't want to do, but by allowing them to just relax and, and calm down and just feel in that peace, a peace that they haven't felt before and feel in that peace, a connection to themselves that they haven't really, that they've forgotten about. And feel in that peace when all the chaos and all the noise settles down. Who's actually left? In my book, The Mosaic, the character that does this really beautifully is the mirror maker. May I tell you that story right now? Yeah, I would love to hear it. So, so Mo, the story is, it's a story about a boy who loses his parents two years apart on the same day. And when he asks the adults where his parents are, they tell him they're in a place called heaven. So he sets out in search of the place called heaven. And one of the characters that he meets after traveling, he's been walking for a long time, meeting all these different people. And he hasn't seen anybody now for maybe weeks because he's been on country roads, just walking and not sure where his steps are taking him. And suddenly in the distance, he sees a town lit up on a hill. And he thinks, oh, great, it looks like there's a village there. So maybe I'll be able to see people. And he hastens his step to get there because he wants to get there before everybody leaves. But it's getting dark. And by the time he gets to the village, there's only one store that's open. Everybody else is closed. And so he thinks, okay, it's not what I thought it was going to be, but I'm going to go into that one store. When he walks into that one store, there is nobody in the store. There's no shopkeeper. There's no people. And he was just longing for the attention of people because he hadn't seen anybody in so long. But he's transfixed by the fact that this store is a mirror store. And there's so many mirrors in the store that when he looks, he doesn't know if what he's seen is what he's actually seen or if what he's seen is a reflection of a reflection of a reflection of what he's seen because every mirror rebounds off the other one. Right. And so he thinks, well, should I come into the store? Nobody's invited me in. And yet the door was open. So maybe I can just go in. I don't see anybody. I'm not going to take anything. Um, but I would love to just look around the store because it's, it's someplace that I haven't seen. And so he walks in. He walks through and sees all these different mirrors. And he comes upon one that just completely blows his mind. And he sits there and it's not made of glass, it's made of bronze and the bronze is polished so beautifully. And so, and, and that it shines and there's a light that shines on the, on the bronze mirror from behind and causing it to feel like a mirror. Like he sees himself in the shiny bronze reflection of the mirror, but he sees himself in a way he's never seen himself before. And he's just uh, enamored by it. And plus the mirror starts to talk to him and starts to tell him things. And right as it starts to, the mirror maker comes up behind them and she says, oh, I see you found, you, you found a mirror that you liked. Tell me, tell me about it. He said, oh, I just love this mirror. And he was hesitant to know if he could say anything. And in his hesitancy, he questioned, I wonder if I could say to her that this mirror talks. And the mirror says to him, you can say anything to her. So he said, yes, I love this mirror. And in fact, it even speaks to me. And she says, what does it say to you? And it said, he said, it said to me, I can trust you. So the mirror maker says, well, what do you see when you look in the mirror? 
And Mo starts to tell him her all the stories that he sees of himself when he looks in this mirror, but slightly different. And she said, I'm sorry, that wasn't the question I was asking you. I probably asked it wrong. What I want to know is what does the mirror see in you when it looks at you? The mirror doesn't know any of your stories. So when the mirror sees you, what does it actually see? Can you tell me that? And Mo says to her, I don't know that I can. I, I, don't, I don't know that I've ever invited that experience. I don't know who I would be without my stories. And she mm. said, sit, sit with it for a few minutes. But I would like to ask our listeners to see if they could ask her themselves this question. Now the mirror maker is here with us. Who do you see without your stories? If you could wipe yourself clean of every story you had of how you feel, of what makes you upset, of what makes you happy, of what happens with your kids, of what happens in your environment, of what happens with your job, of what happens with the, your friends, if wipe it all clear, who's there? What does the mirror show you? And that's not necessarily for your answer now, but sit with it a little bit. I'm thinking, I'm thinking, and I'm yeah. sitting, and I'm pondering. The first word that came to me was peace. <laughs> I don't know if that makes any sense. Like me, just pure peace. So why and, um, did you, why did the, why when you said peace, did you go, ah, why was that so I don't funny? know. I don't know. I think it's a really beautiful word and a beautiful feeling without all that baggage. So so whatever word comes up or whatever feeling you get, try and put it on like a, like a new jacket, you know, try and go and try and wear it for a little while and see what would, what would my life look like if this was, if this was the way I cloaked myself rather than in all the other things I cloaked myself in because I am peace. And what, how would peace then respond to the things that happened to me in the day? How would peace now respond in the conversations that I have and the people that I meet in the, in the work that I do and in my interaction with my family and my, and my, my lover, how would peace respond in the interaction I have with my divine? How would that start to work its way through the world rather than all this other stuff that I've put over my peace to not let that show up? Just an interesting, it's an interesting exercise. Yeah. Very interesting. I, and, and right away, I'm thinking, you know, I work on that all the time, the whole peace aspect, yeah. with, especially with my restorative yoga. And I feel this sense of just uh, taking a, a, this breath of yeah. just relief. What happened when you but took that, that breath? Because there was a shift in you when you just took that breath. I could feel it. Could you just, feel it? Release, yeah, just to yeah. release. No, I've I've been feeling that the whole time we're sitting here, yeah. for the whole maybe fifteen minutes or so. Yeah, I feel very. You have this presence. Um, you know, it's beautiful, and I love it. And um, so maybe that's why I got that word. And I more than you. even from the more than even from the story. You know, um, it's just that the word is just in my head right now. Peace, yeah. peace, 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 peace. And I thank you for um, attributing that feeling to something that I have. But the truth of the matter is it's an, it's an attribution to a feeling that you have. And I'm just, I'm an invisible portion of this game. It's just in somehow you allow yourself in this presence here to feel something that is called peace but it has really nothing to do with me. It has everything to do with you. You just give giving yourself permission to relax. Yeah, I'm I was going to say that being open to it. Yeah. Surrendering to it. Yeah. And I, and it's funny, you know, <sighs> Daniel, if you, if you, if you saw the way I teach yoga, it's, uh, you, you know, it, everything you, <sighs> I've watched a few of your uh, podcasts. You have your own beautiful and um, all about the whole peace and opening up and surrendering and being who you are. And then, uh, you know, I get in these little tidbits of stress and anxiety and, you know, and I, I, I think I come down really quick from it. 
you know, I've learned the tools to do yeah. that. And uh, I get everything you're saying. I really do. But there's certain people that just have that that way. Yeah. And you're one well, of them. I can't. Uh, and the reason why I'm the reason why I'm concentrating on this point right now with you is because you're one of them, too. You just have to wake up and realize it. And as soon as you allow yourself the permission to actually feel peace over anxiety, feel peace over chaos, feel peace over um, just unpeace. Um, when peace becomes, look, we have GPS systems in our car, right? Right. We put into our car what our destination is and our car tells us how to get there. Mm-hmm what we don't do is put the GPS system of our soul into our, into our GPS. We just drive around unchartered. And so when the GPS system of our soul is on peace, if that's an important quality or if it's on love or if it's on connection or if it's on harmony or if it's on unity, whatever it is, our system will, will consciously and subconsciously and unconsciously and superconsciously take us to the destination we seek to go to. It's just built that way. Our cars do it, our bodies do it, our mind does it, our consciousness does it. But when we don't have a destination, what comes, comes. When, when you don't know where you're going and you don't have an and you don't have directions to the place, every place, every place looks like you're here or there, but you're not right. there. Mm-hmm. So one of the things that Mosaic has shown me through the simplicity of just listening to people, ordinary people, common people, not, not holy people, just regular ordinary people, is that every single one of them has something to say. And every single one of them will, will help us to get back on track if we let them do that. Mm. And we can do it for ourselves too. There's no reason we have to allow the world and the situations of the world to throw us off our guard. I mean, everybody does. I do too. Mm -hmm. There's situations that come up to piss me off. Of course there are. Mm -hmm. And less and less so. Because I know where my direction is. As soon as I see myself moving a step out of line with with a step off course of the course that I want to go to, I try and catch myself and I say, hey, let's come back here. Unless there's something you need to show me over here. If there's something you need to show me over here that's going to help me understand my piece better, then let's go and jump into it. But here's where I want to go. Here's where I think you want me to go. Unless you like take over. If you want to take me someplace else, I'm, I'm all no, for it. I love, I love what you're doing here. I love it. I love listening to you. I'm normally... You know, I'm very conscious of this today because, uh, first of all, from our initial conversation where it was like right away, you were like, oh, my God, what's wrong with you? Like, <laughs> like where, I, you know, and I, let me tell you, it's probably been about a month, maybe, no, yeah. maybe not that long. I don't know. Maybe. But I have been very conscious of that of you telling me that, okay? And and very aware, all right? So- And I think what I said for those people who are listening- I know, I, I know, you I, didn't say that. Go ahead. I think what I, no, I, I just want to put it in context. I think what I said is your energy was so much deeper than you allowed yourself to show up as. You showed up as a little bit frazzled and razzled and sort of blah, 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 when actually you had a depth to your soul that I didn't understand why you weren't showing. And, uh, and I'm very sensitive as to who I even, you know, go on shows with because like, I'm not that interested in just being on a blah, 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 chatty Kathy show. And the person who presented herself initially was a little bit of a chatty Kathy. But when I sat with you for even three seconds and I could feel who you actually are, underneath all that underneath the fear of being uh, underneath the fear of showing up as you really are who you actually are who you actually are when the mirror sees you without all your stories in it was really something so beautiful that i said hold it this is worth spending some time with you put it way much better than i did (laughs) 
<laughs> no, so just listening to that, everybody, you can see, I, I, it, you're just, I don't know, just struck me so, so deep. But I love listening to you. That's the whole point of this whole That's thing. Funny. Like you saying, do you want me to take over? Yes. Tell your story, whatever you want. I just am soaking it in. This, this is why I don't sit and make questions and do, maybe it's wrong. I don't know, but I love this. And normally I'll try to like sneak in and talk. And it's hard sometimes when somebody's talking and I have a thought and I want, really want to listen to you. That's, first of all, it's rude. And second, I feel like I have to do that. Yeah. I don't feel that way with you. So okay. I, I wanna, I wanna, I wanna, I wanna hear. I wanna hear whatever you have to say. So now that there's a space, what is it you want to hear? What I don't know. I love what, it. what is it you want to know about? What is it well, I can tell, I tell I, you? I love this story that you have. Like, why did you walk away from this? Everything that you had. I'm sure you had a ton of money. Um, maybe you do now. Now I don't know, but I want to know all about this mystic part. Although we did get a taste of it, obviously. But like, what what brought you away from the business into yeah. what you're doing now? Like what you're doing. So why? I try and be as honest as I can with myself. And I don't think it was a fear of being successful. I don't think it was a fear of, of commitment. Although I've spent a lot of years in my life saying, look, you've started all these things. You've done all these things. You, you could, why don't you commit them? Why don't you just finish up with them? Why didn't you, why didn't you stay and get and run a billion dollar company? Look what you would be able to do now with all that, with all that income that you would have, you'd be able to help people. You'd be able to do more than you're ever able to do now. Why didn't you just do that? Why didn't you just stay and get ordained? You left one day before you were ordained as a rabbi. Why did you leave? Why didn't you get that ordination? Ooh, why didn't you really? stay? Why didn't you stay in the monastery? Why was it? What was so? But there's a certain there's a certain integrity that I have of my soul, and the moment I realize that I'm not doing what I'm intended to do, what I feel. It, like we do what we do to get us to the place where we do what we do. I mean, I, I don't want to say it's preordained or anything like that, but once I know the direction of where I'm headed, once I know that my, my place on this earth, which I'm really reevaluating right now, all these years, I, 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 I believe my place on this earth was a spirit to be a spiritual being and to live a, live a spiritual life in the midst of this worldly life. But some of that has actually neglected my worldly being, my, my body, my home, my thing. I don't really care about on any of those things. I don't really care about running a billion dollar company because it's what's, what good is it? Another 10 years, 15 years. I can't take any of that with me, but I can take who, this essence of who I am with me. And I always thought that's what's important. But there's a certain beauty also in living each moment in the most beautiful way possible no matter if you can take it with you or not. It's not about what you can take with you over the finish line. It's a matter of how you live the moment in this moment for that moment. And that's a big shift that I'm, I'm in the process of waking up to. Because I've always thought, I've always been good at starting things. I know when things have to start. I know, I, I feel like even in our conversation, I knew it was right to start doing some work with you. It doesn't mean that that's going to happen. But I, I could feel there was an opening there, but it doesn't feel right. So we're not going to do it yet. But I knew I can see the starting point before most people see the starting point. I can also see the end point. So I also, I already see what's going to happen as a result of what the things are that I'm going to do in this world. And I know where they're going to go. I already see them perfectly. So the place I always wondered, why do I have to spend time in this middle place? It's sort of senseless. I mean, it's just, it's, I already see, I already see it started. I already see it's ending. Let's move on to start the next thing. Mm. But in my book, there's a character that's tailor made for me. Who's the traveler. And the traveler says in everything in life, you have to go through three steps. 
Do you have any idea what those three steps are? No. Take a guess. I can't even think. I'm so absorbed in, in what you're saying. I just, <laughs> I don't even want to think. Uh, all right. I don't even want to think. So I'm people, sorry. that's okay. Oftentimes people will give me all sorts of spiritual or psychological or, or you know, answers, scientific answers. They're the easiest three things in the world. Everything has a beginning, a middle, and an end. And if you miss any one of those steps, you don't have the completion of that process. And what I found in my life is I had the beginning, I rushed through the middle and I went to the end, but I missed the middle. And in the middle of my life is where all, all life is. It's where you get to experience the things. It's where you get to live in this place. It's where you feel like what it is you're doing. You feel, you fall in love, you fall out of love. You see the leaves change colors. It's not like you just plant a tree and then the tree is big. You know, it, you get you get to see the whole dimension of that, the growth of that tree. Sort of like the, the dash. Yeah, sort of like the yeah. dash. The dash on the gravestone. Like what yeah. happens in between there. Yeah. Right? Yeah, totally. And so part of what I'm... I'm waking up to now is what does the dash look like? I would always, I would always talk about it in the mosaic because I would say, as you read the book or the book will be out. I recorded the audio three weeks ago. I'm waiting now for audible to put it up. That's all that's happening. So it should be up in another two weeks maximum. I'm thinking. I hope so. I, hope so. Yeah, um, I always spoke about the power of the story because the story is a beautiful story. And if you hear the words of the story, it'll be a beautiful story. But just like I said to you in this call in the beginning, the story will be a beautiful story, but it's the space between the stories. It's the space between the words that make the story power powerful. It's that dash. And what I realized is in speaking that message, I didn't even know what I was really being given because what, what I think the mosaic was trying to say to me is it isn't only about the beginning and the end. It's about that dash between the beginning and the end. And, and take time now and live in that dash. Take time and live in that space. Give, that, give the space between the words the same emphasis you give to the words and experience that space. That. And it also reminds me of, um, I'll never forget when I was, learning, learning meditation uh, 16 years ago from Deepak Chopra. Uh, they had a cassette, it was cassette, the cassette tape tapes yeah. back then. And uh, we a long time ago, cassette tapes are a long time ago. Long time ago. So I was in my big conversion van putting that cassette when the kids were in karate or football. And I, I took to it took to it so quick I was a meditation expert and I haven't stopped since in 16 years but my point is the space between your thoughts I never forgot that like yeah. you, we, I try to find that and the space gets longer and longer yeah you know so as you're yeah. talking you know I'm thinking of that analogy too um the space between my thoughts yeah. when I'm meditating and I'm yeah. able to get that pretty quick because I'm yeah. an expert meditator. I wouldn't say that, but I fall yeah. into it right away. Yeah, that's beautiful. Yeah. And, and so the traveler was a very important character for me because she, was, she showed me how I was missing the middle of most of my life. And most of my life was in the middle. So how would life look in the middle? How does it look to be not just created on this planet and to go to another place, but to actually live on this planet and, and to participate on this planet and to breathe the air of this planet and to have the pains that we experience here and the joys that we experience here and to feel every single one of them and to allow them to enter into us and to teach us. And I just had someone on my podcast, uh, the Mosaic podcast, it's episode 100. And I love this woman. Her name is Simran Singh. And she spoke of um, taking the time to enter into the pain of the pain of the pain, to go into the darkness of her life. And she spent seven years in that darkness. 
she cried tears that she didn't even know were available to anybody. She screamed sounds that she never even knew anybody could scream. She, she destroyed things that she didn't even know she had the power to destroy. And she sat in that darkness and I said, well, how do you, how do you, how are you sure that that darkness won't overwhelm you and take over you? And she said, oh no. She said, I'm not worried about that. I, I actually invited the darkness to overwhelm me because I believe that it's in that darkness that if I can sit in it and let it overtake me and let, her, let it drag me into its core, that there's a gold nugget there. And that gold nugget is, actual real, is actually the real light. All the light that I show up in is an artificial light. It's beautiful and it illuminates rooms, but it's artificial. It wasn't until I went into that darkness and I saw that light and that light showed me that darkness and that light showed me that light in that darkness that I realized what the real light was. And very soon after I saw that light in the pit of the darkness, the darkness has never come back. Love that. And I, I get that. It makes such perfect sense. And I, I feel like I've been in that pain and darkness and that I've been really releasing it yeah. and lived it and yeah. felt it. Yeah. But then like yesterday I had a day of complete sadness just from losing a, not losing by death, but losing a best friend of 40 years Yeah, because I knew that I had to move on and, you know, part from her and in March, it's happened in March, but there are times where it's just overwhelming for me and we yeah. shared so much and, so yesterday was a day and I felt it. Normally I would be the, the giver, but I was a taker yesterday. Yeah. Yeah. I needed, I needed people and I needed, yeah. which I normally can't do that. I think you'd said that to me when we initially talked, why don't you let people help yeah. you? Or I don't think I would have said, like take. I would have said, why don't you receive more? Re yeah. And, receiving and, and taking I thought both. of you yesterday, but receiving yeah. and taking are different qualities. Right. You don't have to, when you receive, you don't have to take anything from anybody. You just have to receive what's being given to you. Taking, shows, taking shows a lack of belief that, you've, that you will be given what's yours. And what this woman says is she says, and, and I, I know that I know what you're speaking of because I've done that same thing, but she did it seven years without leaving. And she, so she said, most people go into that pain and they experience it. They have a deep experience and they think they have it, but then they don't have it because a little while later they go into it again and they don't have it. She said, I was sick of that roller coaster ride. She said, I wanted to just stay in it until it was gone, that it never came back, that it was, that it didn't have anything more to say to me, that I'd gotten the nugget from it and I really absorbed it. And I said, so do you train people in that? Do you teach? She said, sure, sure. I would do it, but nobody wants to do that. Who has the courage to do that? I said, I might, I might, I might want to work with I you. I would, I would, yeah. but I, you know, it's it, time, you know, it's, if you're talking about seven years. Yeah. You don't know how long it, you're talking about. Being, it could be a hundred years. I know. Could, being in it. Um, you know, I, it's weird when you say that. I wonder if I do have, I guess I do have more to release, but I feel like I've dealt with all of my stuff. I don't know. I'm going to tell you know. with hundred percent kindness of my heart, you, no, have more, you have more to deal with. <laughs> You've dealt with a lot. That's not to mean you haven't dealt with a lot, <laughs> but with a hundred percent kindness of my heart, I'm going to say you have more to deal with. And so do I. And that's why I'm drawn to work with her. And I've known a lot of pain and I've known a lot of suffering and I've sat with a lot of it and I've sat in a lot of it. Um, but it raises its head. Like for the fact that you had that happen yesterday, it doesn't mean that when you sit in it, you won't feel stuff, but you won't feel it in the way we feel it now. You just see it and you see, boy, I'm, I'm, I miss my friend. But it's not with this need of I've got to take, you know, I've got to, I've got to have people here for me. I don't know. No, what, I, didn't even, I don't know what yeah. it's like. I don't even know what it's like because I don't know what it's like. I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm in the same. I think I'm in a similar place that you're in. But she, I said to her, does it continue to come back? The things that haunt you, do they come back? She said, not anymore. Hmm. 
And I, I hmm. said, I, I, who wouldn't want that place? She said, oh, no, no, everybody wants it. Nobody wants to put in the time to do it because it's yeah, hard. I get that. I get that. Yeah. And so when you think about the main message of what the mosaic says, the main message is that nothing is as it seems. Nothing mm-hmm. is as it seems. And we think that we see the world pretty clearly. I think that I see it just right. I, 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 I was very proud of myself. And I thought, you know, I sort of now know where I am, what I'm doing, what my purpose is, what I have to do, how I contribute in the world. And in the last few weeks, everything that I thought was real got shaken from me. Hmm. The foundations that I built my buildings upon turned out not to be real foundations, but stories that I just believed, said to myself so many times over and over again, that I believed they were real, but they weren't real. They were, they were stories. And now those stories are, are fine. I'm finding places where those stories are no longer real. I said on a podcast the other day that the Rebbe used to teach me to go into a perfect room and see 10 things that were wrong with it within 30 seconds. And I got an email from somebody saying, I want you to do that for me. I want you, can you, you know, how much do you charge to do that for me? And so I wrote her back and she said, uh, I said, it's, it really isn't finding the things that are wrong. It's seeing the things that are wrong so that you can see them differently. And she said, well, I'm not going to do your price. I'll do this price. I said, well, that's great. I just can't do that. You know, there are lots of people that can help you for that price. I can't do that price. And um, she wrote back saying, well, I'm not interested in your perspectives. I'm not interested in that. And I said, so that I gave her one thing that she would see in the first email. The second email, I said, well, well, how you just responded would be the second thing that you could see that you haven't seen, which Mm -hmm. is how how you try and control and move people and, and try and you know, have it your way when like, there's nothing wrong. You don't, nobody has to work with me. I'm not, I wasn't saying you should work with me. I'm just saying, I, you can't do it for the price I want. I can't do it for the price you want. So you know what? That, that's okay. There are millions of other people out there that can help you mm-hmm. have some of those. And I said, I, I, I'll even invite you to speak to my wife. My wife will do it for a lot cheaper than I can. She said, well, I'm not interested in your wife. I was interested in you. I said, well, okay, then, you know, we'll meet up another time. But there was there was anger there, and there was you know there was like I can, I I want you to do what I want you to do, and that's okay. I said that's great. I'm just not going to be able to do that. So, being able to stand your ground because you know your ground is the ground that you walk on is the most beautiful thing in the whole world. It doesn't mean that you don't give in and you don't find people like with you. I said, I'm going to, I'm willing to do stuff with you and I'm willing to help you out and do whatever you want. But for you, it wasn't, it was about money, but then it wasn't about money because I never got back a price that you thought you could do. You could have said, I'm, I, I can do a dollar, but you didn't think you could do that. So you didn't think you could say that, but you didn't know what you could say. So I never heard back from you. And then when I, we spoke a little bit about it today, just because I said I never heard back, you should, I, well, I just don't have it, I can't do anything. Well, we gotta be able to do something. Whatever that something is, it may not come in the form of dollars, it may not come in the form of, it come, might come in the form of something else. But until we know that we are worthy and good enough and what we have is valuable in whatever way we have it, and we hold that up and say, can you do this? Then we don't know if the answer, we don't know if anybody will ever do that for us or not. We have no yeah, idea. You, you're, you're preaching what I say. It's funny. It's like, I honestly, honestly, when after you wrote, I said, um, I, I'll be honest, I was a little bit um, like, there's no way that I can even go to that place with you because if I, you know, you read this bio and it's like, oh my God, this guy is, you know, was dealing with the, hundred million dollars a year in revenue got that you know like i felt inadequate i guess the word is and i know that's not going to come to a surprise to you Mm -hmm. so i sort of thought we kind of finished it so i'm being very honest with that totally um i i i I didn't mean to 
not end it the, appropriately. I, I'm being very honest with you. Yeah. No, and um, I, the only reason I would have I, been really excited to like be able to do that with you. I was like, oh my god, that would be awesome. But like, then I'm looking at what you have and this and that, and right. And of course, I felt like that. My small. So the friend. only reason I'm bringing it up is because how often do people who are listening? allow the stories that they tell themselves to get in the way of the reality of what's possible. And I knew that was why, and I'm glad you did. And it's okay. Cause because I love you and it, and it doesn't matter if we ever do anything together or not. I just, I, I'm using the story as any story that I would tell. It just happens to have your name on it and my name on it this time, mm -hmm. but it could have had mm -hmm. Johnny's name and Sally's name on it. And it wouldn't matter mm -hmm. because, and I could have told it as Johnny and Sally. I could have said there was another person that I did, but I, I just thought, you and I are personal here and we're here we are and we're speaking and you're speaking about what you feel towards me and what you what you feel in my presence here and I and what I just want us all to see myself included how what we want so badly we don't believe we can have not because someone's told us we can't have it but because we just don't believe we're worthy of it and I just don't believe that's the reality. And it certainly isn't the reality if we don't even in, engage and see if it is the reality. With the other woman that I spoke about who wrote the email, I could feel her anger and I could feel that she was manipulative. And she wanted to try and get something because she wanted to try and get something. She could probably afford it also, but she didn't want to do it. She just said, I don't feel it's worth that. So I said, then it's great. Don't die. If, if you walk into a store and, it's, and you see something that's overpriced that you don't want to think is worth it, you walk out. That's what you should do here. You know, that's not, that's, that's okay. There's no reason in the world you should buy something that you feel is overpriced. But if you feel drawn to something and you don't even know what the price of it is, why not ask? Why not say, this is all I could do. Can you do this? Maybe. Who knows? Maybe someone's in a good mood that day. Because you just said it. Not feeling like I... Normally, I don't feel like that. Yeah. I feel like... What's the best that could happen? It's yeah. usually my, <laughs> rather than what's the worst that can happen, what's the best that could happen? But I, I am being honest. I felt I've, not worthy of even coming up with something. Yeah. Like it would seem so inadequate. Yeah. So I'm being very honest. So you were right I, on the money. And I appreciate that. Now, and, and what I want to ask is for those people who are listening, what do you do? because this is just a story that we're, we're just playing out because the benefit of it is for people who are listening. How do you relate to situations where you really want something, where, you're, where you feel like it would be really good for you to have it? And do you then at the same time, in the same moment, in the same exhalation of the inhalation of that breath, say, but I'm not worthy of it and I can't afford it or I can't do it for this reason? Well, I get to the point where I'm almost there I have found, um, not with everything, because I, I, I think I'm pretty fixed at whatever successful is for me. For me, it's just mostly it's hel helping people and making them feel good about themselves, actually, and being yeah. healthy. Um, but when I have ideas, I can be this close. And then I go, and then for some reason, it just, I just, it just, I'm not allowing it. Yeah. I know that. So let me invite your listeners to engage in that same process because you're being so beautifully honest. Mm -hmm. And I what a beautiful honest. quality you have to be so honest and vulnerable on your own podcast where people are used to listening to you and see you in a certain place. And what a beautiful, beautiful portrait you're creating to show people something in themselves. What is it in your listeners as listeners? What is it that you that is you, you'll do everything for other people, but for yourself you just say, mm, that's, I'm, I'm, that's not worth that. Like I would spend every every minute of my life taking care of you, but I don't know that I'm gonna do that for me. Why? One of the big shakeups in my life 
right now in the last few weeks is I spend so much time with people that I don't know, helping people that I don't know, and so much less time than I want to spend with the people that I love that are the closest and dearest and nearest to me, not giving them the love and the concern that I really want to give them. And what does that do? Why do I do that? I do it because there's a certain fear I have of letting people too close to me. There's a certain intimacy because people who have come close to me have had bad things happen to them. My parents died. My wife died. My daughter's developmentally delayed. So there's a place that says, well, you know what? Maybe I'm not such good. Maybe I'm not such good mojo. So like, if I love you, I will hold you off a little bit so you can't get too close. So you don't get hurt. I get that. But that's not love. That's just BS. It's It's just another story that I've created to protect myself from getting hurt again. And until we sit in that pain of that story and say, what is it? What is that pain that, that keeps me in the pain of not having people that I love close to me? What is that pain? Why would I want to sit in that pain? Why do I spend all the time with people that I'll never see again? People that will, will gain benefit from me being with them or I'll gain benefit from being with them. But they're not the people that that I care about the most. I mean, I care about everybody, don't get me wrong, but not in the same way that I care about my wife and my kids and my brother and my my family mm-hmm. and my friends. So what is it that makes me run away from those people and go towards these people that I'll never see again? What's that fear? Mm-hmm. And so this sense of really taking a look at the stories we tell ourselves. The mosaic taught me a very easy formula. Our thoughts become our words. Our words make up our stories and our stories create our life. If any part of those, that equation is not working, you can change any part of the equation and the whole equation will change. If the stories you're telling yourself are creating a life that you don't want, change the words that you're saying, change the thoughts that you're thinking, change the stories you're telling. And we tell ourselves stories that we believe are facts. They're not facts, they're just stories. A belief is not a fact, it's a belief. Yes, amen. Um, I know you, you are short on time today and you have given lots of wise words of wisdom, but I end each podcast asking my guests, is there any last parting words you want to share with the audience? Any wise words of wisdom or anything you would like to share with our listeners? Um, first of all, I would really love them to go on Amazon and get the book, the mosaic, not because it's going to give me much income, just because it's, it is, um, there's something magical in that book. It's changing me still. I have a book club that I, that I'm running and I rerun it every other month. And, um, in that book club, I'm having huge transformations in my own life. And I wrote the book. And so there's something that's happening through the process of that book and the book club that's there. And I'll send you links to all that for your yes. show notes. Uh, yeah, uh, everything's going to be in the show notes. I would like to close, if I could, with a little story, if that's okay. Yes, yes, yes. So as my res- as my as my introduction, in my introduction, you spoke of the life that I've lived. Well, I've had the honor of, of being with some of the richest people in the world. I've had the honor of working with some of the people that change millions of people's lives by going on big platforms and big stages and influencing and talking and, and, and helping people see the world differently. And I've also had the honor of sitting with some of the poorest people the world has ever known. And some of the people that have really affected my life haven't been the wealthiest people or the most inspired people, but they've been people on street corners sitting on cardboard boxes. And I want to tell you about one of those people right now. 
as I was walking in San Diego downtown one day, I'm a bit of an empath, so I feel people. And as I was walking on this particular day, I felt people more than I normally do. I felt a woman walk by and I felt this pain in my heart. And I saw her pass me and the pain in my heart left, but I felt an arrhythmia in my, body, in my heart. It was really painful and I felt this pounding heart. And when she passed, it was gone. And two minutes later, I crumbled, my, I crumbled from the pain in my legs that I was feeling. And there was a man that was walking past me, braced on a, on a cane, walking on a cane, pushing hard on his cane. And as soon as he walked past me, there was no pain in my legs anymore. And I thought, I don't know what the hell's going on here. I got to get off the street. I'm just too open and too susceptible. So I headed towards the, towards the, like there was the sidewalk and then there were where the buildings were. So I went to where the buildings were to just sit up against the wall and just get away from it a little bit. But the place that I went to the wall was a corner and on that corner was a homeless guy. His name was Corey. I didn't know Corey at all. And I just came up to him and he said, no, no, this is my corner. You can't sit here. This is my corner. This is, a, this is my corner. This is, a, this, is a, this is where I live. This is where I work. This is where I do. You know, please don't come here. This is my corner. And I said, I said um, I'm sorry. I just, I just want to listen to you. I want to sit and talk to you and have a conversation with you. And he said, I can't have a conversation. I'm busy working and, and I need to work. I need to make, I need to make, I make, I make money here to take care of my, my friends and my family and, and I said, so how much money do you make in a half an hour? He said, $5. I make $5 average on every half hour. So I took out my wallet and I said, here, I want to cover that for you. I'm going to give you $50. And so you don't have to worry if we go over a few minutes, but here's $50 for the time I'm here. Put your hat out. We'll probably make more money by being together. And I don't want any of that, obviously. I just want to sit with you. He said, okay, you're weird. Okay, sit down. It's okay. You can sit with me. As I sat with him, we started to talk a little bit, but he didn't open up too much right away. He was a little, he was a little nervous as to what I was gonna do. It took about 45 minutes and he looked at me and he said, Danny, you've been telling me stories. Can I tell you a story? I said, absolutely. And he said, I hate being homeless. I'm ashamed of myself. I'm embarrassed. I hate this. I hate being in this situation. But the other day, as I was sitting here, people treat a homeless person as if it's a thing, as if we're things, not even as if we're animals. They treat us so badly. They treat us like we don't even exist. People would walk by, they would spit on me and they would punch me and they would kick me. I remember sleeping here. I was sleeping here one, one time on this cardboard box, minding my own business. And I, I felt this wetness come on me and I saw a man was urinating on me. Mm -hmm. and, the, and the other day, I, someone threw a bag of human defecation at me and went all over and the bag opened up and broke and the defecation went all over my clothes. And I thought, you know what? I hate my life and people, I'm, I'm not giving any joy to anybody. So he said that the evening that I had this thought, I said, I'm gonna go around the corner to the street right behind us is a dark street and nobody goes on it. And I was, going to, I was waiting for it to come, become dark and I was gonna go around the corner and I was gonna take my life that night. And not two minutes after I had that thought, this man came up to me and put his hand on my shoulder and he said, how are you, brother? And I said, you don't want to know. Keep walking, sir. This is not a good time. I'm not doing so good. Keep walking. And the man said, there's not a chance in hell I'm going to keep walking. And he sat down next to me. And he put his arm around me and he started hugging me. And he said, just in the process of this man in a three-piece suit, an important man, hugging me, who was a completely unimportant person, I started to cry big tears, crocodile tears. They were pouring down my cheek and the man just pulled me closer and he said, let it all come out. I'm here for you. And he said, when you're ready, just tell me what's going on. Corey looked at me, he said, Danny, you know, it only took about 10 minutes. I cried. I spoke to him. I told him what I was feeling. I could feel him. He didn't try and help me. He didn't try and fix me. He didn't try and change me. He just held me and loved me. And he was there. He listened to me. I couldn't go and kill myself that night. 
he said, I, I wish I knew where that man was because I wanted to tell him he saved my life that, that day. But I've never seen him again. So I said to Corey, what would you say to the world if they would listen? He said, I would tell them that story. He said, I would tell them, I would invite people to take 10 minutes out of the course of their life to go up to someone they don't know, to sit with them and just to say to them, how are you? Not try and fix them and not try and change them. Well, Corey has no idea how much that story touched me. And so in every podcast that I've been in, in every, in every conference that I've gone to, in every lecture that I've given, on every TV show that I've been on, on every radio show that I've been on, in every conversation that I've had one-on-one -on -one with people, I've probably told over a million people that story now and given Corey the attributes for that story. And there are millions of people now who are taking 10 minutes out of the course of their day to just go up to someone they don't know I tried to find Corey again. I tried to go back to that corner several times to see if he was still there, but he wasn't there. I tried to go on different times to see if I could find him, but I couldn't find him. But I know what Corey would say. He would say to me, you have no idea how powerful you are. You have no idea how just taking 10 minutes out of the course of your life and listening to somebody, what effect that can have. And so I'm starting a revolution of listening. And I'm asking people if they want to get involved to just let me know. If they need anything from me, I'm happy to give it to them. Because it's time for us to take 10 minutes out of the course of our life and just lift this world up again, just by loving it and listening to it, not by trying to change it, convert it, fix it. The world doesn't need us to change it. The world's trying to change us through it. And just why not do that? So I'm inviting everybody who's listening now to spend 10 minutes, find someone you don't know, walk up to them either online or on in person and just ask them how they're doing. And when they say fine, great, good, say, no, I'm really serious. I want to know how you're doing. How are you really doing? And just listen. I love this so much. I love it so much. Matter of fact, I'm going to propose that as my TikTok today. I have a, a nice following, not huge, but I'm um, going to give you credit. And I am going to just let tell everybody, take 10 minutes. Oh, my God. Yes. Yeah. Yes, yes, yes. That's all I needed yesterday. Yeah. I had a woman call me FaceTime. And normally I'd be like, oh, no, I'm all right. I'm okay. She saw I put something on TikTok. I cried. 10 minutes. I'm, I'm telling you, it's about 10 minutes. Yeah. And that's all I needed. Seriously, yeah. just to like be able to just let go. Yeah. And... I didn't even talk because I was crying, you know, when last time we spoke, I couldn't talk. You're like, I couldn't, but it made me feel so much better. Yeah. Oh, that was powerful. I love that. Thank you so very much. Thank you. Um, can I just give my little thing? I'll take two minutes of course. before we sign of course. off. Um, all your links, everything you're going to give me. I know you, I have your website here. But anything else you want me to share, just let me know and I'll put it under for the show notes. Yep. Um, you guys, all my links are going to be below. I say it every podcast. So anything you want to know or to get in touch with me, everything's going to be in the show notes. Please, if you're going to buy the Aurora bars that I talk about every show, these nutritional bars, the only packaged good I eat, organic, high protein, they are vegan, but they fit every diet, 11 to 13 net carbs, no artificial sweeteners, put together by coconut oil, uh, sweetened by coconut nectar, blackstrap molasses, a little bit of Himalaya salt. 10% of all their net proceeds go to feed the hungry children worldwide. My affiliate link will be below. So please buy from there. It helps me out, helps them out. I would really encourage you to go look at their website and see all the good that these people are doing. They're 
this beautiful people, young married couple in their thirties, um, just want to make a difference in their, in the world. Um, so that's about it. That's all I got to say. So thank you, Danielle. Thank you so much. Thank you thank for you. being here with me. Thank you for having me. What a pleasure. I so appreciate you. I appreciate you. Thank you, everybody. Ciao.